0: Now, if you are romantically inclined and want to do something other than the obvious on Valentine's Day, can I suggest a visit to Galway City Museum, where the oldest known cladder ring in the world has just gone on display? Della Kilroy went for us and on her way in, checked how many still wear this most celebrated piece of jewellery.
1: This is my engagement ring. My engagement ring and my wedding ring. I'm from Canada. I met my husband in Ireland. And uh, we came back to Galway where he was living and he bought me this ring.
0: It was my mum's and then
1: I started wearing it, yeah. It didn't fit her anymore so I took it. So what way are you wearing it? In, yeah. What does that mean? Together, yeah. <laughs> Just
0: far away I am today. From scenes I roam to I'm a
1: busker here in Galway. I've been here for about twenty-three years. And my mama who passed away a year ago, I probably have her little clatter ring at the house right now. I gotta still go through her stuff. My mama come over three or four times and when she first got here she's like, I got to have a clatter ring. So we got her one and it wasn't that expensive. And the man who runs the little shop down there knows me well enough and he's like, Oh, that's a great singer because I'm a pretty good singer.
0: Just got this one of our rings on. It's coming today to be, uh, not an old one as you can see, but it's coming today to be sized down. And I see that there's already a piece uh, put in it at some stage to size it up. So the guy who owns this is obviously last weight. We use a, very, use a very, very fine metal saw, which is that, to take the piece out. We cut it on the original joint where the piece went in. <laughs>
1: The small shop the busker is talking about is Thomas Dillon's cladder gold. They're the original makers of the cladder ring and the oldest jewellers in Ireland, opening in 1750. There I find Jonathan Margots at his traditional jewellers bench. So this is your workstation looking out all over yes, the A name.
0: proper jewellers bench. Yeah. Uh, you don't often see them actually in the shop. Uh, they're usually in a workshop somewhere else, usually upstairs. <coughs> You'd cut it the second time take another piece out of it. Make sure that's even close to the right size now. So we have the ring stick. OK. The, the ring is, is uh, two hands holding a heart and is topped off by a crown. And the hands stand for friendship, obviously, and the heart stands for love. And the crown is for loyalty between two people, i.e. when you get married or engaged. So if you wear the ring, with the heart pointing towards your heart, it means that you're spoken for or engaged or married. And if you wear it the opposite way around, with the, with the heart pointing towards your fingernail and the crown obviously pointing towards your heart, it means that you are, well, you're available. And there's, var- there's variations on it. You see some of them with two hearts or with one crown or with no crown, but the, like the, the proper original pattern has got to be the, the two hands holding the heart with the crown on top. How did you oh. get into the business? Uh, well, what happened was I walked out of school I got fed up with it and I arrived up to the shop and uh, my dad says to me what are you doing here? And I said "Uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do. He said get up them steps. So I started my apprenticeship there and uh, carried on basically.
1: How popular is the ring now and how has that changed over the years? It
0: has gone ballistic. Like, 90% of our customers would be uh, American. A uh, lot of the young American ladies that like to be able to display the fact that they're singular singular or spoken for. What they do when they go to the discos or whatever after night, I don't know, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. But that's, they're all delighted to wear them, I can tell you that. And I can take it through to the museum and some of our famous customers as well. like. Which, um, I spot
1: a photo of Princess or Grace or of Monaco, a customer the in the an earlier generation, and, and as Jonathan as as explains that you never know like, who might walk which, through uh, the door.
0: Next thing, in walks Popeye. Guy dressed as Popeye. I couldn't believe it. Like Two seconds later, in comes Olive Oil. And they even talked like Popeye and Olive Oil. I, I was stunned. They wanted an ordinary gold clattering. They getting engaged. That has to be one of the strangest, uh, one of the strangest incidents I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen some strange ones around here, I can tell you. <laughs> it's
2: <very strange.
1: laughs> At the bottom of Key Street at Spanish Arch, the Museum of Galway has one of its newest acquisitions on display, the oldest known claddering, dating from 1700. Climbing the stairs, the landing windows overlook the Korrib, cladda Basin and the cladder itself, a place apart, as Brendan McGowan explains.
2: Well, I suppose the Claddagh. We're looking out onto the Claddagh now. Claddagh was a traditional fishing village at the mouth um, at the mouth of the Corrib. It was outside the walls of old Galway. I suppose it spoke Irish as opposed to the, the language of the town. It, it elected its own mayor or king within it, and they were a fishing community, so they were very, very different to the townspeople. So the ring has become very much associated with that.
1: Whether it is a museum piece, a treasured keepsake, or a lost love token, every Claddagh ring has a story who made it, who gave it and who wore us. We know a lot about Richard Joyce, the man who made the oldest known clattering
2: the story that's told is that Richard in the 1600s was on a ship bound for the Caribbean so he was a Galway man bound for the Caribbean when the ship was taken by pirates off the coast of Africa and he was taken as a slave to North Africa he was in Algiers that he was sold to a Turkish silversmith and in captivity for 15-20 years he learned the trade of goldsmithing from his his, uh, Turkish slave master I suppose and now he became very good at it clearly and then a new king came to the throne in England and of course Ireland was under British rule at the time so King William came to the throne and he demanded the release of all British subjects, which at that time would have included Irish Irish prisoners. Apparently he was so good, the story goes, that the Turkish silversmith said, listen, stay here, marry my only daughter, share in the family business, and Richard Joyce said no, he wanted a return to Galway. And he is credited as the man who I suppose invented the clatter ring.
1: Looking at the ring, the bright yellow gold is polished smooth. This is a ring that has been worn in all weathers over a long life, or even down generations.
2: But because of its size, they believe it's a man's ring.
1: Inside the ring, there are inscriptions clearly visible. One is the initials of the man who made the
2: ring. That's what makes this ring special for for us here on in Goway Museum. That or I or, or J that's in on the back is Richard Joyce, we know that. Um, and then there are two sets of three lettered initials either side, and it's believed that it was the, the marriage party, so the bride and groom, that's their initials on the inside.
1: LCM and M or C, who in seventeen hundred gifted this ring. Who were they?
2: We don't know who they are. That's lost to history.
1: It's strange to think that the names of this couple are lost. But the golden symbol of their love endures, especially here in Galway.
0: Stranger even to think about all of these Turkish-Irish connections that we're discovering today. Dilla Kilroy reporting there. GalwayCityMuseum.ie for more details.